You have to go into something giving and getting. You cannot always just take. You can, and you cannot always just give. Okay? There has to be balance to all of it. But if you go in and say, is this the right thing for me? Mm-hmm. Is it the right thing for them? And is it the right thing for us? That's good business. Hey, Essence fam, I'm Marquita Harris, the work and money editor for Essence, and welcome to Unglossed, a podcast for entrepreneurs, self-starters, and women who are about their business. This week, I'm excited to share my chat with Monique Idlett-Mosley. Monique is the founder of Rain Venture Capital, an early-stage investment firm that focuses on women and minority-led startups. Now, as a kid, Monique knew two things about herself. The first was that she was a natural leader. Monique was the eldest kid in her family, and she enjoyed being a boss so much that she convinced her baby sister to be her secretary while playing house. Cute. In exchange for being her secretary, Monique would do her little sister's chores. Even cuter. The second thing that Monique knew about herself was that while she loved music, sis just didn't have the vocals. So she got into dancing and then tried her hand at DJing, though she never lost grip of that inner desire to be a boss. Now, Monique is a bona fide boss as the founder and CEO of Rain Venture Capital. And today, she's going to share some insightful pieces of advice about growing her own venture capitalist business. She'll also dig into how she pivoted from the entertainment biz to where she is now. If you want to hear how she learned to build her own boardroom and tips to think and move differently as a businesswoman, keep listening. On today's episode, I have seated in front of me the globally recognized entertainment pioneer turned tech maven, Monique Idlet Mosley. Okay, yes. Tech <laughs> Hi, Maven. Monique. Yes, I like that. <laughs> Hi, Monique. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Um, and just as, you know, a little, a, a little, some receipts. Monique is, for everyone out there, she's the founder of Rain Venture Capital, an early stage investment firm that focuses on women and minority led startups. Do, do I have those receipts right? Yes, you do, actually. Okay. Right. We have a lens on that. You okay. know, I do believe in a, divor- a diverse and inclusive portfolio, okay. but we absolutely have a lens on minority led companies and women led companies. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. And we're definitely going to dig into we that. We are going to dig into that. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into anything, I like to first start with. A very simple question. Okay. What was your very first job? Ooh, my very first career job or just job? My the very first, first job. First time you got that. I was nine paycheck. years old. Okay. Yes. Nine years old. And I was doing, I was hired to clean up the beauty shop, ended up washing all the hair. Ah. And I used to do that every Saturday from like six o'clock in the morning till 11 or 12 o'clock at night because you know how beauty and barbershops used to be back in that day right (laughs) that is where you did everything all day long there and I used to earn I earned $20 wow so that's $20 $20 oh like a A day a day a day okay on Saturday it was one day at nine years old that's a hustle Mm -hmm. I'm like I'm loving that I love asking people about their first jobs because I in my mind I could be romanticizing it a little bit but I do think those first opportunities where we're able to you know get paid for the work that we do right. i feel like it's it's a it's a foundation and it for is. a lot of us it kind of inspires other work or it you does know. i'll tell you even though i was so young i was around women all day that's pretty dope and 
it, it, one or two things would happen. It was a really nurturing environment mm -hmm. or it was an environment where they were tearing each other down. So mm -hmm. even at nine, I used to think, wow, I didn't know the words, how to communicate it. I used to think, wow, we can either be the best of friends or the worst, the worst. of enemies. Yeah. And it really, that, that those experiences really sat with me because every Saturday I was doing that. Wow. So what kind of a kid were you? Were you kind of just a little quiet then and observant and taking things in or? No, I'm well, the oldest child. Oh, was, never mind. Yeah, never. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, what's interesting is I was never the one outside playing. Okay. Um, my sister, who's two years younger than me, that was what she did. And where'd you grow up? In New Jersey. New Jersey. In, yeah. North New Jersey. In okay, okay. Perth Amboy hey. and income based housing. My mother was a diff, you know, hard worker, but Got we it. definitely lived in income based housing. And so I used to always dress up in my mother's clothes, mm -hmm. tie them with rubber bands. I used to put on my little glasses yes. and I'd create a desk and I would do my sister's chores for her if she would be my secretary <laughs> so I could build my companies. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And this is this is how I grew up. This is what I used to do. And this and you were how old? Oh, I was eight, nine, I ten. Love this it. is what I, mm -hmm. like what most a lot of kids were, you know, playing house or whatever. You were like playing business. I was a boss, yes, right? You're playing boss. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, you have to work for me. You have to be my secretary. <laughs> and I'll do all your chores. She got she got a great bargain. Like she just I mean, plays secretary like for a couple hours and she could be outside all day. So all for her to play. <laughs> like I love it. Um so are you and your, your sister? clothes do you oh have absolutely siblings? so so my mother um and my father there was three of us and mm -hmm. then my father was remarried and there was three of them uh, my father when i was 21 he passed away okay and i was in college and and you had to take care of i did i okay. raised my two right. sisters yeah okay. mm -hmm. they were nine and eleven when i got, got them it. so for that that experience i actually did want to ask you about that yes. um to be that young and to have to take care of family was it was that a drive for you to be so it seems like you've been very focused in your career and a lot of the things that you set out to do. Was it something that kind of made you? Well, I think we have to be realistic, push. right? Yeah. I think that when we're kids, our parents have two options mm -hmm. to encourage the strengths that they see in us. Right. Yep. Or to tell us to do something different. My mother happened to be one of those moms who paid attention and understood that all of her children were different. Mm. So she absolutely encouraged that leadership role in me. Okay. She always supported that. She knew, okay, this is how I have to kind of deal with Monique. Got it. She knew that's how she had to deal with Shakira. Shakira was very silly and liked to be outside. So I, I do have to say that I think a lot of it is that as when we're children, Yes, my mother probably saw some things and she helped me focus on those strengths okay. and fed that. Put me, she used to always put me in like leadership programs. In high school, she made sure I was a part of the career force, you know, yeah. uh, program. So it's, you know, those little things. You're supported. Very our, supported. Yeah, I think, that's great. And I think that's really important that even as parents and when we become parents, we th th there's, there's these rules that we've been told we're supposed to follow. All of us are different. Mm -hmm. We all learn differently. We all receive information differently. But I have three children. All three of my children have shown me who they were when they were little. little. Yeah. Okay. So that's how I nurtured it. Yeah. Um, so... What sparked your foray into the entertainment biz? Ooh, so <laughs> when I was little, I always loved music. Okay. Um, I used to always tell my mom, oh, I'm going to be in music. And we used to laugh because I can't sing. Like, I'm horrible. And she used to be like, just don't <laughs> sing. So I did the next best thing. I became a dancer, okay. right, in my mind. Okay. I was learning how I tried to DJ, learned, okay. had some lessons in that. And then I really, I had always danced though. My mother had always had us in dance. And so I really genuinely loved music Got it. and how dance could be an expression. Okay. And so, um, 
as I got older, I understood that I had a business knack too. So I just wanted to be in the industry, but on the music side of things. Mm. And so when I was in college at Ohio State, USA Today recruited me and I moved to Atlanta. What were you studying in college though? Marketing. Marketing. Marketing okay. HR. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I had a minor in HR. Yeah. All right. All right. So I went to Ohio State, great business school there. Um, had a really great experience as just seeing a large community of people and realizing how you have to adapt to all mm-hmm. types of environments. And I was a non-traditional student. I had kids, you know, basically, who are my sisters. So at the end of the day, everything had to be intentional for me. Mm-hmm. Structured, focused, intentional. Okay. Right. And um, so you weren't, you know, at college trying to figure out, oh, maybe I'll major in this. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe no, I can do this job. It was just like no, the, I, this. No. Yeah. In fact, I was so strategic. I'll tell you some Sometimes you, we like to give ourselves the credit, but you know, I'm a firm believer in that things don't happen by accident. You don't usually understand it till later in life. But even then, you know, 19 years old, I'm in college. I started working for the career placement. So I was able to see all who the number one companies were. And I, I had it narrowed down as a junior, what number one companies I wanted to go work for. Not because I wanted to retire there, but I wanted to learn the number one ways. You have to, you have to be a student. You have to really learn, you know, boss. Like this, this I didn't is understand. I didn't know I was ma- honestly, I didn't yeah. know I was making, but I'm being very transparent. Yeah. I think yep. that we give ourselves way too much credit. A lot of times we're just going through des- decisions and thank God everything was just happening for me the right way. Yeah. And I can look back and say, you know what? That was a was dope a good, move. Was a good move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I actually got to know all the companies and then USA Today recruited me. They paid a placement fee for me. I was the youngest executive that ever had the position that I had with them. Come on now. And and, but here, here's what was so amazing about it. They gave me four different options, right? L.A., New York, Houston, I think it was, and then Atlanta. I chose Atlanta mm-hmm. because I felt like it was an untapped market, right? Like, okay, okay let me Fair. go see what it's all about. I, by the way, I had only had one experience at that point in and, time, and that was Freak Nick 1996, <laughs> okay? So, yeah, so clearly, I'm like, I mean, wait, all these black people? I would have chose that yes. now. I would have chose Atlanta, too, if I was thinking about Freak Nick and, like, growing, you know. So, and this was, okay, and for, I like timelines as well. So, this was around what year? 96. 96, yeah, okay. so this is okay. 96. So, I um, go to Atlanta Mm -hmm. and realized that it is an untapped market and um, was because I was an executive there, I had access to a lot of relationships. And I always knew that if you have great relationships, right, better than anything, for me, it's all about relationships. I take care of relationships because that's how you build, Yeah. right? You can go from job to job, whatever, you can do all that. But if you have some solid relationships, you can always support each other, Definitely. you know? And so um, built some really great relationships with my clients okay. on the client side and also the agency side and realized there was a huge gap between talent, okay, right? And corporate. Got it. So their agency was so far removed from the entertainment world and from the athletic mm-hmm. world they were selecting the wrong partnerships okay and the in the entertainment world in the sports world they didn't understand that they were brands so they had no research and so USA today was such a research driven company I had all this access to research and I was like wait a second do you even know who your audience is do you know who you know do you know who your fans are they didn't know so I took that opportunity to create an agency so you were I mean you came in with your like you hit the ground running yeah and you taught them so again this is another agency and I was very (laughs) let me tell you I was very fortunate because my clients 
were just, they were so loyal to me and they really, we just had a great, because at the end of the day, you want the best thing for everybody. For everyone. Right. Yes. So I never felt like I was coming in one sided. Yeah. It was always, what can we do? That's going to make everybody walk away feeling like it was a great experience. Yeah. And I wish even to this day, I think that that, that is the most important thing. Okay. You have to go into something giving and getting, you cannot always just take, just take. You're, you're right. You can, and you right. cannot always give. just give. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There has to be balance to all of it. But if you go in and say, is this the right thing for me? Mm-hmm. Is it the right thing for them? And is it the right thing for us? So is every, did everybody hear that? Say that again. Yes. Is it the right, the thing, right for, thing for me, for me, the right thing for them yes. and the right thing for us. Okay. So that's good business. That's good business. That's and good that business. sounds like, I mean, that sounds like very like rules of life. And we don't have to be 40 and 50 to understand that. Yeah. You, you know, when we're young, we can understand right and wrong and what's good and, what's, and what do, feels good, what doesn't feel good. And you always know your intention going into something. Okay. So it's up to us to kind of keep that as check and balance. I love it. Yeah. So tell me about, I mean, you, like you've had quite the career. Um, Very fortunate. I'm like, I'm, I'm checking my notes. I'm checking my notes, but I like, you've worked with these amazing artists yes and i you know nelly Furtado oh, yeah. and all that you know we can we, we can name drop but you know what guys just just google <laughs> just google we're we're about the present and the future at this point um i want to know how and when did you decide that you wanted to pivot you know from working in entertainment and having all of, you know, the success and like what made you get into, right. you know, venture capitalism, tech and all of that. So, OK, so it's twofold. So the first okay. thing is that I've, I was always known for kind of being innovative, pushing, thinking mm-hmm. outside the box. So pivoting was always something I was always doing. I didn't know that I was going to pivot and actually get so passionate about something, okay. right? So when technology started disrupting our industry, I felt very, um, I felt like this was the one time that the music industry realized that there was lack of education and, and preparation. And when was this? Around when? Oh, this was, oh my goodness, let's say um, 15, 16 years ago Got when it. I started, you know, you started seeing change and a lot of the questions and, you know, realizing that some things were happening about 12 years ago. Um, I actually did something with Verizon and BlackBerry okay. and it wasn't even called content back then. Like literally it was videos. Okay. okay. I'm like, think about it. The Blackberry. World. We did live content to people okay. and the industry was saying no one's going to use this to watch videos. That's, okay. And she's raising up her phone right, right. now just for visual. So I said, that's kind of crazy. That's a lie. <laughs> Okay. Because remember, my background is USA Today media on the go. Absolutely. Right. So they were the first media outlet to say that people need their information short. Yes. And in color. So that was just to me a new version of this. Wow. And so I said, you know what? It's going to happen. OK. OK. I don't know how, but it's going to happen. So I decided to go back and get my master's. OK. And you got a master's in. In business. In business. Entrepreneurship okay. with okay. a specialization in entrepreneurship. Right. Yeah. Do you think um, it, like that kind of a degree is necessary for anyone? Getting I think in that education place? is always the equalizer. Mm-hmm. Now, all of us can't do the traditional type of education. Um, but I'm going to tell you, you know, learning is free. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you, we all learn. I learn every single day. And in fact, um, there's a website edx.org. Okay. Yeah. I take class, even though I, I have, I have my master's, but you know what? I take classes from Wharton, yeah. take classes from MIT. I took a coding class just to take it. Wow. And it's all free. 
And I think that, you know, we only limit ourselves based on what our mindset is. Yeah. If, if you think the world is yours, you can go get the world. That's right. Right. So. So but, I guess. Okay. I want to yeah, I, I finish this because yes. this is so important <laughs> as to why I got in, in, into venture. Yes. Is that when I was doing that, I was introduced to angel investing when I was getting my master's and I was appalled because I was thinking, wow, my husband and I, we have this whole financial team at Merrill Lynch, right? We're not literate though. We don't know anything. Yeah. We're literally just, they're paying bills. They're telling us what they're doing with Mm -hmm. our money. We're not involved with the process at all. And wait a second, there's something called private equity. Wait a second, there's angel investing. Wait a minute, for the same price that we're going and flying private, we can get in early in a company and it can turn into something. Mm. I I became angry, actually. And I started getting really involved in angel investing so I could start learning I'm like, let me get my hands started. Let me see what this is. And it's it's when I realized, like, wait a second. This is how C-suites are made, those decisions. It's how the boardrooms are made. No wonder people of color are not getting into anything. We're not getting in the game early. Mm. So I I said, you know what? We've got to change this. I'm going to use my voice to figure out how do we get this information back to our communities. So by... I love this because it sounds like, you know, by just doing the career that you were once in, you kind of started getting into other avenues and fit and seeing holes and blind sides, you know. Right. So through that experience, you were able to kind of develop another passion. And it I sounds- tell people music industry was my career challenge. Uh huh. What I'm doing now is my purpose. So it's a really different experience. But I needed all of the past experience to get to this. To understand, right? Yeah. What it means, what a boardroom meant. Okay. Right? So what C suite meant. So let's talk about you're in the space now. Right. Um, I'm sure there have been some challenges and <laughs> okay, that 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 smirks us at all. <laughs> some challenges as, you know, being a woman of color. Mm-hmm. in this space being a woman tell me about some of those because you know the music industry is it's a very different demographic of oh course, but by from... the way they, they they still looked at women in the same light yeah. it's all the same no matter what industry yeah. right they're usually just they want only one in the room that's it and everyone else is in the room needs to be coordinators or assistants mm. that that is gonna that has been in every category that i've experienced that yeah so can you tell can you dig into any are there any things that you remember maybe early on when you were kind of, I guess maybe under, you felt undervalued or maybe underestimated. And how did you overcome that? I think that, um, whether it was college, whether it was career, I feel like our voices have always tried to be lightened, shortened, quick with it. If one is in the room, that's every, that's all of our voice, right? I made the conscious decision to say, you know what? I'm going to make sure you can't deny me. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to sit at your table. I'm, I've always marched to my own tune. Okay. I've always felt like I can just be over here doing it. And then you're going to be so interested. You're going to come too. Mm, okay. okay. So that was, I always just took a different approach and why fight fights? Yeah. Why fight? Okay, fair. I love it. (laughs) So what advice do you have, though, for women who maybe they're in a space right now where they're not quite feeling like 
they're being valued. The work right. that they're doing is being seen because I do think, like you said, a lot of times we're in these roles um, where we're seen as being in these roles of coordinator and, and all of this. And we're not getting credit for some of the work that we're doing or even re- like recognized for you that. Know, I always, I always like to put our accountability back on us. Okay. Right. I think that that's the only one thing we have control over is ourselves. The question is, do you value yourself? Mm. Because if you're constantly looking for someone else to place value on you, that's a very, that's risky. Yeah. I say, find the value in yourself, believe in yourself and know that every day becomes a struggle, but just try to do better every day. But you can't walk into a room and expect people to value you if you walked in defeated. Yeah. Amen. You're already looking for, if you're confident, people are not looking right people automatically turn to them. So the reality is that you have to feed into yourself. You have to value yourself. And by the way, this is a never ending process. And it's something you have to tell yourself every single day. I'll tell you anytime I've gone through stressful times, even now, when I wake up in the morning, I look at that mirror in my bathroom and it has my notes on it. Right. You have to give self affirmations to yourself. You have to be self supportive. I feel like we always looking for people to support us when the reality is that we are responsible for ourselves. Absolutely. I agree. You don't have love for yourself. How are you going to expect somebody else to love you? You're right. Can I, what's one of those affirmations? Oh my goodness. So <laughs> I, it, this sounds so crazy though, it's, right? But, it's just us. It's just us. Oh, talking it's just us, way. girl. I think, one, I think one of the things that I've constantly told myself that I always see the same note is that you're amazing. You're mm. beautiful. I think it's so, you know, especially now, oh my goodness, I think about social media and all this access to things and how wrong everything is being used. If we, growing up, we had no one to really compare ourselves to except for our instant community like our whatever community we are a part of now our women are comparing themselves to the entire world and not just to our culture but to every culture right because everyone's like looking for that look that black women have yeah right yeah and so now all of a sudden we're globally comparing ourselves i say stop it stop yeah do you ever um what do you have any social media practices that you kind of or maybe I don't know, maybe you limit it or So I, I do, I limit it. Okay. Um, is one thing. But also I take accountability for what I post and who I follow. Yeah. So if I don't want to see nonsense, I don't follow those people. And if there's something that happens to post pop up, I block it. Okay. Right? For myself, I hold myself accountable to what I'm posting. It's bigger than, and actually, why am I posting? Mm, Okay. Yeah. So I feel like we got, our community has to start taking accountability. Okay. Okay. We have, we have got to start taking care of ourselves and that means individually and then our communities. Right. But it starts with self. Who are you following? What are you posting? Mm -hmm. What are you spending your time talking about? Right. We, we can't even start talking about other people till we start dealing with ourselves. Amen. <laughs> yes. And if we're honest with ourselves, it's the hardest thing to ever do. It is. Self-reflection is a really difficult thing. And but it should be an everyday thing. We have to apologize to ourselves for whatever we have done. We have to apologize to others. Yes. And we have to start the new day every day. You're right. You're right. So I like to ask everyone who comes on. um, what does the word unbossed mean to you? Freedom. Freedom. Flexibility. Curiosity. It means a lot. Mm. Are you unbossed? 
I am. You are a boss. I am. Yeah, you better say you are. <laughs> but you know what? Here's the thing: is that in so many words, we are, we all are, right? Mm-hmm. If we allow ourselves to be, and then you understand a new accountability to go back and bring up everyone else. I have to tell you, I get a lot of criticism for something that I've been saying for a while. But I do mean it okay. and I would challenge it with anybody because I feel like open conversations is good is that, you know, I know we were told that one of us makes it. We all made it. And I get that perspective. But here's the reality. We got too comfortable with that concept. Mm. When one of us makes it, no, one of us makes it. Now, what that one does with their influence and their power, yes, they have the ability to help others make it. But we all need to make it. One of us making it has never been enough. It won't be enough. It's not going to be enough. We all need to make it. Okay. I'm I'm looking I'm looking at you in the face like <laughs> I'm, I, mean I'm, I receive it, it. I, I, I feel it from across this. If across we understand that all of us need to make it, then yes. we will stop being okay with just our own individual wins. Yeah. Oof. I'm not okay with me winning. Yeah. I need us all to win so we can all win together. That is how you build billion dollar companies. Yeah. We all need to pitch in. Yes, I agree. Come on, come on. <laughs> so, um, final question. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> no, this, um, you got this. Um, so, we're, you know, we're talking about unbossed and what it means to you. Now tell me about a woman in your life who's unbossed, Ooh. who you admire. Ooh, I mean, wow. Do you want me to start really going down the list? <laughs> <laughs> so I would always say my mother, you yes. know, that's all the, 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 the stuff and that's real. Mm-hmm. I will tell you though, that, um, at 18, this experience stuck with me forever. And it's one of the reasons outside of my personal, you know, growing that I did at home with my mother, my grandmothers, my aunts, but as the outside experience in the world that allowed me to understand that this is what we're supposed to do. When I was 18, I went to a job fair for fifth third bank. Okay. Wow. Fifth third. Yeah. That's what I, yeah. yeah. I worked there for years. Okay. So, and, um, <laughs> Remember, I'm a college. I'm about to go to college. I'm 18. I walk into the job fair and there were what looked like hundreds of professionals. I was like, oh, my goodness. They all had their briefcase. They were much older than me, too. They had their briefcases, all these things. So I signed my name on the on the paperwork and I walked out and I called my mom and I said, Mom, listen. There's too many successful people here. They're all older. They're going to know more than me. I'm never going to get this job. Defeated already. You know, she told me, she said, listen here, you will go through the interview process or you and I will have a problem. (laughs) And she meant it. Yeah. So I sat in the car until the very end. And then so I wouldn't have to lie to my mom. Mm. I walked back in. Okay. Okay. And it was over. Basically, everyone was gone Uh except for the lady who took the signatures. And she said, we called your name so much, Monique. Where were you? You were one of the you were one of the first people on the list. And I said, "Um, I was intimidated. I told her the truth. I was intimidated. You know, I'm 18. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I don't. I, they have briefcases. I don't even. I want. I don't know what <laughs> that is at this point. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and so <laughs> she said, "Well, you know what? I think there's one." Uh, senior person still here i'll go ask her and as she's about to say that this black woman walks out beautiful black woman i mean she was so beautiful just sharp and she had a bag of yellow m&ms she was eating them (laughs) and the lady said to her um 
can you do one last interview? And she looked at me. She was like, all right. <laughs> that interview turned into a, almost a three hour conversation. Wow. She hired me. She became my mentor. She was the vice president at the time at Fifth Third Bank. What was the her only name? her name her name then was Amy Johnson. Okay. And um for we had two branches that were like in the deficit. They were inside the Kroger's, right? Ooh. The seven days a week yeah, bank. I remember oh I yeah, I'm familiar. So yes. Midwest girl. Um yes. but I remember. I yes. remember when those banks were interesting. Okay. So she taught me everything. And I ran the banks inside and she was out getting new business. That is the art of collaboration. Yes. That it was an older black woman who was beautiful, by the way, mm-hmm. who saw another young, beautiful black girl mm-hmm. and was like, you know what? She's willing to learn. I'm going to teach her. And, and Dr. Maya Angelou tells us that when we. I got this. Well, OK, wait, when we get these jobs. Oh, there's a phrase. I yes. know it. I ha- when we learn, yes. we, teach. we teach. When we get, we give. There's another quote she has. She has a. And she, it's about. It's something she about. She was a wise woman. Yeah, and it's something. And because it resonated with me, it's like something about when we get these jobs. Basically, you, you need to remember that you need to give back. Yep. So, okay. Where can everybody learn more about the work you do? They can go to rainvc.com. <laughs> okay. So Um, I answer all DMs on my Twitter and Instagram. Okay. So I respond to everybody. You know, right. we need more than just funding, right? We, people need access to information. They need okay. resource. They need a network. So if I can help, I'm always there to help. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Email me at unbossed at essence.com. Tell me about a woman in your life who inspires you to be unbossed. Or if you don't want to email, comment on social media using the hashtag unbossed podcast. And please, please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Say nice things. Say constructive things, please. Okay. See you guys later.